Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. Uh, Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. King of kings and Lord of lords, we've welcomed you in this place. We've sensed your presence. Now I'm asking you that you would fall on us as we hear the word of God. Give us ears to hear. Give us eyes to see. Enlarge our heart to hear truths from your word that we'll be able to apply when we leave this place. We come against the enemy and the avenger that would steal the word from our heart because we say the seed will take root and it'll bear fruit 30, 60, and 100-fold. We're not here by accident. We're here on purpose. Whether this is our first time, whether we're here as a family member or friend supporting someone getting baptized, Lord, you have an assignment for us. So we maximize that right now. We come against any distractions or disturbances. We plead the blood of Jesus over this tent and other kids right now. Father, we are living, as we heard even during worship, in uncertain times, in turbulent times, as Paul writes to Timothy, perilous times in the last days, hard to deal with and hard to bear. But God, you have caused us to be alive and to be born in this time for such a time as this. And so we take up the mantle of the word of God and the spirit of God And we're going to run with endurance the race that is set before us. We're going to look to Jesus in your amazing name. Everybody in the house agree with that? Said amen. Said a better amen. Come on, clap your hands, all you people. Come on, somebody, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Woo! Man. Man, oh man, oh man. Good to be with you. We love Pastor Josh, love Pastor Joanna, love the boys and and uh, while you're standing there, uh, I got a chance to meet Josh uh, through cycling, really. Uh, I started cycling. He was a triathlete, tri- triathlete and then kind of was on a hiatus for a little bit. But he heard about me in Chula Vista when he was down with you know, South County and living down there and, and at the church. And I started cycling. I'm 62. I started cycling when I was 55, late to the game. Fell in love with it. And uh, so some of our friends started becoming friends, and we actually met at a conference up here in Anaheim or Las Vegas. I can't remember where it was now, but Anaheim. And, uh, and then we've just been friends ever since, and we celebrate uh, what is going on here at Lighthouse North County. Uh, we are so thankful what's going on with the building. We believe this will be the first building of many buildings. Can I get an amen? For just going to increase. God just keeps increasing. And so... Uh, you're, you're part of, of a Genesis moment. Let me just say that. I know the church has been going for three years or so, uh, but you're part of a Genesis moment. So let me just encourage you, don't miss your time of visitation. I, I sense that prophetically for some of y'all. Jesus came into Jerusalem and it says that they, they missed his time of visitation. Because the Jews, we know, were looking for something else and they, they were looking for the overthrow of the Romans, etc., but, but Jesus didn't show up like that. He showed up, come on, we know riding on a donkey. We, we know he showed up different. And so let me encourage you, as just coming from a, from a, a grandpa spirit, if you will, 
has been around the block a little bit, been in ministry for, married for 38 years, been in ministry for 37, that I could just tell you what God's doing here and what God will do in you in here and through here and out there, don't miss it. Don't miss it. So come on, just, just move all your chips in if you were in Vegas, and that's not a good thing to say in church. Come on. Move all your life in. Just, just, just get your life involved in the life of the church, and let's see who God turns you into being. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. Come on, give somebody a fist pump, a, a tap on the shoulder, and say, go ahead and be seated. Come on, go ahead and be seated. I read uh, something months and months and months ago. Uh, it was a study that was conducted by a church planting organization. It's here in the United States. It's called Exponential. And this church planting organization uh, is working with uh, men, women uh, that, that have a desire of the heart to plant a church, much like Josh and Joanna did, you know, years ago here. Uh, they're, they're still existing here in the United States, and I believe it's Canada as well. And they surveyed over 200, or excuse me, 2,000 of these church planters all around the world, all around the United States and Canada. And they stated this. They found that 8 out of 10 of these church planters who were currently planting churches and or had recently planted their churches, they were experiencing four main emotions. These four main emotions might not be what you thought and what I thought when I read it. The four main emotions were this drivenness, disillusionment, discouragement, and discontentment with what now they were doing. I, I would have read that and I would have thought, man, these guys, these gals, these men, these women who, who went to Bible school maybe, who raised money to start a church and they're advertising and people are coming and now they're in it. Now they're having services and they've got youth ministry and they're baptizing people and kids are being taught in kids ministry. I, I thought it would be different than discouragement and disillusionment and discontentment and, and, and drivenness, having to constantly chase more, trying to get that carrot. Uh, they found, as they discovered this and kind of went deeper and pulled back layer after layer, the conclusions came to this. They said, in our desire to be successful in church planting ministries, we've actually forgotten how God defines success. In the long list, they said, of ministry tasks and agendas, here's what they concluded. We've forgotten the most important task. What I want to do today for, you know, the next 25 or 30 minutes with you, I want to, I want to take the, the foundation of that. If this is true with pastors, if this is true with men and women who've gone to school, gone to Bible school, gone to college, and, and they've surrendered their life to Jesus and, and sensed the tug of God on their heart, like maybe a lot of us in the room, and, and yet they're doing something a, a lot different than a lot of us in the room, that now they're, they're in full-time ministry and they're, 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 they're all in it, and, and yet... They've got this challenge on the inside. They've got this struggle on the inside. They, they're, 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 they're feeling something that they didn't think they would feel. And they realized that we've forgotten the most important thing. And if this is true with pastors, listen to me, this is going to be true with Christians, with believers, with people who show up to Lighthouse North County, people who are who are single moms or single dads and, and got a mortgage and got a couple car payments and you're, you're trying to make it and you're trying to come to church and, and serve. And, and if we're not careful, 
we'll wind up going through the motions. If we're not careful, we'll wind up slipping back into just kind of like adding this Christian thing to a whole litany of other things that we're doing. If we're not careful, if we're not careful. And so what I want to do today is I want to use this story, use this illustration that we've heard as a jumping off point. I'm going to read a uh, couple of scriptures from Revelation chapter 2 that John is on the Isle of Patmos and he's exiled and he gets the revelation of Jesus Christ, our last book of the Bible with that name. We're going to look at one church that Jesus talks to him about called the church at Ephesus. Uh, Then we'll make an application with that, what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22 when someone asked him a question about what's the greatest commandment. And then we'll finish up and button up with three points that Jesus really challenges us in with the Word of God. Does that sound all right, everybody? We'll, we'll do it in 28 and a half minutes. And all the people said, praise the Lord. <laughs> Revelation chapter 2, verse 2 through 4. Jesus appears to John and starts talking about a real church in, in, in uh, Asia Minor, in, in the region of Turkey called Ephesus. And you can read those different churches, those seven churches. Jesus had a similar word to a lot of them. He told them three of the same things. If you, you need to read that. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says. He said that to all the churches. So we need to be a church that's a listening church. Come on, somebody. He, he said he that works and talked about working. So we need to be a working church. Said the same thing to all those churches. We need to be a working church, not, not just a sitting church, a, a working church. But, but he comes to this church here in Ephesus, and he, he says this. Check it out in, in Revelation 2, verse 2. I, I know your works. I, I know your labor. I know your patience, that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles, and they're not. And you have found them to be liars. And you have persevered, and you have patience. And you have labored for my name's sake, and you have not become weary. I'm reading that, and I'm going, man, church at Ephesus, you got it going on. You did at least 10 things that I count here that Jesus is saying, you all are the cat's meow, whatever that means. But, but you, are, you are it. You, you, you are great. But he doesn't finish the discourse there. He says, you, you're not weary. Man, you're, you're, you're coming against those that are, say they're apostles and they're false apostles. I know your labor. I know your works. I know, I, listen, I know personally what you are doing. And Jesus knows personally what you and I are doing. But he tells this church, and he's shouting to Gary, and he's shouting to y'all. But I have this thing, verse 4, against you. You have left your first love. Y'all just going through the motions. Y- y- y'all, y'all gotten so comfortable. I- I've gotten so comfortable being a pastor that I can kind of do it in my sleep. I can kind of prepare a message. Been doing it for a while. I can kinda, I've been married for a while, so I know how she is. I- I've, been, I've got four kids. I got five grandkids. I know how to navigate that all. I know what I'm supposed to do, but if I'm not doing it from a foundation of I love God then something's going to be missing. Something is going to be erroneous. Something's going to be twisted. Come on, somebody. Nevertheless, let's not leave our first love. So what I want to talk to you for the next minute, minutes I have with you, is how we at Lighthouse North County can keep building a great church. Because I said a moment ago, you are a great church. But if we're not careful, as we know with every business, 
As we know, if everybody who showed up sometime and said to the other, I do, I do, and kissy and cake and honeymoon and all that, and then two years later, it was no longer I do, it's I'm done. So somehow what started didn't continue. So the way we got in this because of love, because God loved us, and we somehow said I love you, is what needs to keep being fostered in our relationship to keep growing. Can somebody say amen? I want to talk to you about how you can keep building a a great church. I said a moment ago, Matthew chapter 22, this lawyer comes to Jesus. You could read it there, Matthew chapter 22. And he comes testing Jesus, one translation says. And he asks him this question. He says, what's the great commandment in in the Old Testament? What's the great thing we should be doing? What what is the focus? What is the first thing, the greatest thing that, that we should be doing? And on the heels of that, Jesus says this in Matthew 22, verse 37. He says, you shall, y'all are going to know it, love the Lord your God with your heart, come on church, with your soul, with your mind, with your heart, with your soul, with your mind. This is the first, this is the great commandment. And and then he tagged on another one. He said, and and the second is just like it. You shall love your neighbor, come on, as yourself, as yourself. So, so we'll save the second command for some other time. Let's talk about this first thing. What's the greatest commandment? What's, 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 the, what's the top of the iceberg, the tip of the iceberg? What's the most important thing I should be doing with my life? Jesus said it's easy. The greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with your heart, with your soul, with your mind. This is the first. This is the greatest, the greatest command. So my thesis for us today, for the time I have together, is this. If we're going to build a great church, it's going to be on the heels of us becoming great people. And if we're going to be great people, Jesus says, you got to love God. I thought I I needed, you know, I thought it was school, and I thought it was, I thought, it might be. But the first thing I've got to solve, the first thing I've got to keep coming back to is, am I really loving God? And, and Jesus put parameters around it. Here, here's what Jesus said. Jesus said the love that you have to have for God has got something to do with your heart, your soul, and, and your mind. In other words, we would say everything in you, everything about you, everything that, that, that constructs and means who you are. It means your identity. It means your direction. It means your focus. It means your attention. It means what you got. It means your longings and your dreams. I got to love God and lay everything down for the love of God. Because if I lay it down, I believe God is going to let you pick it up in Jesus' name. Let's talk about it. I don't really think that we can really say that we love God. Or I, I say it to me. I don't really think that I can, I can say I love God and I'm still acting like the way I'm acting before I met God. When I said yes to Kimberly, May 25th, 1984, I said yes to her and no to everybody else. Come on, y'all going 1984. Dear God, I wasn't even born there. Come on, I saw some of those eyes. I got, I got old real quick. The gray is real. Come on, somebody. So I can't, I, I, if I'm going to love God, I, I can't act the same way that I did. 
uh, if I'm going to love God, it means that my, my pursuit, my directions changed, my thinking's changed, my life has changed. Um, th- there's a Latin maxim that I found that says this, we love to look at what we love. We love to look at what we love. I, I don't know about you, but, but whenever I'm looking for a new car or something like that, I'm like online, online. I'm looking, I'm looking features, I'm looking stuff. If I'm looking, like I told you, I'm a cyclist, and so I, I'm, I'm, I've had a bike that I've actually put some money down on pre-COVID, so it's been on order for two years. And I don't know if I want it now, because come on, how many know inflation's coming, it's going to kind of eat into my money, come on somebody, so we'll figure that out. But, but I'm studying that bike. I measured. I measured how tall I am. I measured my arm length. I've measured my, my legs. I got long legs. I, I measured what my reach is going to be. I got it. I figured it out because I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm studying it. And the more I'm studying it, the more I'm thinking about it. The more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm desiring it. And the more I see my friends got one, something in me, I got to be careful that might lust for their bike, but they're all small little peanut bikes. I can't ride those bikes. Got to be a big bike. But the point is, the point is that what you look at, you're going to wind up loving. And the world is set up to draw your attention off all kinds of things. Pornography will rip a man's heart out. Lust and greed and avarice and seeing TikTok videos and people doing stuff and likes will rip young people's heart out to say, I want to do that. Crazy stuff goes on. So you got to be careful because the eye is a gateway to your heart and your life will turn in that direction. So come on, as a kid in school, church, in, in kids ministry, you'd start hearing and singing little songs. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Because what you hear and what you see has got all the power to come into your heart. And if it reaches your heart as seed and starts growing, it does one thing. It starts taking down roots. And let me tell you what. Roots are hellacious to get out. But it is so easy when the seed gets in, you just say, Father, forgive me. I don't love that. I love you. And it's like the Holy Spirit just goes, we're taking that thing right out right now. Come on, repent. I'm changing my mind. I'm changing my direction. That quick. Come on, that quick. So we're no longer as believers to look to anything for satisfaction. We're no longer as believers to look for anything for success or, or acceptance. We're to, look, we're to look to the Word of God. So Jesus says, love me, love God with all your heart, with all your heart. Again, that's the center. That's the seed of your being. That's where decisions are made. Everything you make in your life isn't just about your brain. It's about your heart. People make crazy decisions, and you go, why do you think that? Why did you make that decision? Why did you leave him? Why did you leave her? Why did you quit that job? Because somehow, someway, something was in their heart. 
and began steering them, began driving them, began moving them. And so God is saying to you and to me, you got to love me with your heart. You got to let me take the reins of your life. You got to get me involved in every choice and every decision you make. Before you take that job, Lord, do you want me to take this job? I know they're going to pay me 16 more dollars an hour. And whoo, that's going to change my world. But it's going to cause me to move away, leave the tent, get out of the will of God, and I'm going to be in the wilderness. Come on, you think it's hot now, baby. So I'm saying pray. Come on, somebody, yell pray, pray. The Bible says pray without ceasing. Why? Because I got decisions to make all the time. Lord, so what are you saying? I need your will. I, I, need, I need to love you with my heart, my, center my being. I need to love you with my soul, my, my, my intellect, my reasoning, my emotions. Jesus in that garden of Gethsemane, you know what he did? He, there he is crying, sweating, the Bible says, great drops of blood. And he said, come on, God in the flesh, God in the body says, not my will be done, but yours be done. Come on, if God said it, I think we need to be saying it. God, not my will be done. Your will be done. In the Old Testament, the word, the word soul uh, in, in the Hebrew uh, means breath, means breath. Again, you know it. When you don't have breath, when you don't have breath, you're dead. It's over. So with, with everything in our life, with the direction of our life, with the purpose of our life, with the ambition of our life, with the dreams of our life, we lay it all down because we love God first. And we just simply say, what do you want to do with my life? Uh, let me just tell you, I didn't tell the first service, I'll tell you. Uh, I, I was raised in Tennessee my formative years. That's why I got this little twang still that I talk with. Uh, um, from the time I'm junior high, senior high, college, and I went to Bible school in Oklahoma. Uh, but but I, I, I was raised in a Christian home, and, and, and my mom and dad loved God, took us to church all the time. But I went crazy as my teenage years and, and drugs and crazy stuff with me and my brothers. And not, not proud of that, but God got a hold of all three of us. Praise the Lord. Come on, somebody. <laughs> So you, come on, you might have some crazy kids right now, but the crazy's getting ready to leave them. Come on, somebody believe God for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we pray. Come on, that's why we pray. Uh, and, and I had my mom and dad praying for me and all. So, so here I am in college, between my second and third year at college. And, and I gave my life to the Lord. I got born again. I got filled with the Spirit. I got baptized. My life changed, man. My life just changed. 20 years old. Come on. I was like, I was on Friday night doing drugs with Hootie, my friend Hootie. Come on. He's from Tennessee, named Hootie. Come on. <laughs> with Hootie. And then, and, then, and then he's wanting to go out on Saturday. And I said, Hootie, I, I, got, I gave my life to God. I'm in church the next Sunday. I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on, start speaking in tongues. I still believe you need to speak in tongues. If you don't speak in tongues, you need to get filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues. Dude, changed my life. And so I'm going, I'm going to college. I, I think that I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be the, next, the, the next real estate mogul. I'm taking real estate classes. I'm taking business classes. Come on, I'm going to make some Ben Franklin's, baby. And nothing wrong with that. But the only problem was, I'm going to church. And I'm hearing the word. And every time I'm in church hearing the word, and every time I'm in the Bible myself reading the word, all of a sudden, someone inside of me, in my heart, is just kind of, it's kind of like somebody said, it's kind of like washing your feet with your socks on. You kind of go, something's, something's just not quite right. Some of you took a little while to get that. Huh, 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 what's that? Just, it just wasn't quite right. So the more I came to church, the more I heard the word, the more I prayed. I knew in my heart, Gary, if you love me, you're going to have to give me everything. 
And so it was a really interesting conversation when I had uh, two quarters left. This was not semesters, but two quarters left of university to graduate. And I told my dad, Dad, I got to follow God. I'm going to go to Bible school. And he was like, he was like, he was a Christian, loved Jesus. And he said, you know, for a while he was like, you know, no, no, you, you get a degree first, get a degree first and then go. And I, 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 and looking back, that might've been wisdom, but, but, <laughs> but you know, I never would have met my wife because I met my wife in Bible school. So come on, man. All I'm saying is if you love God, if you'll lay whatever it is down, let me tell you what, God will make it up to you. Come on, come on, God will make it up to you. Come on, God's going to make it up to you. So I'm going to love God with all my mind. I'm going to love God with all my heart. You know, think about that, my mind. I'm going to make a decision to renew my mind every day, like 2 Corinthians 4 says. (laughs) Renew my mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Put off the old man. Put off the old Gary. Be renewed in the spirit of my mind. Put on the new Gary, the new man, the new image, creating righteousness and true holiness. I'm not going to think like that anymore. I'm not going to believe like that anymore. Culture is telling me this is the way you need to think. You're, you're, You're not a man anymore. You're a woman. You're not a girl anymore. You're a boy. You're, you're, you're not this anymore. Now you're this. And we can't even figure out what a woman is anymore. Listen, we have gone cray-cray up in here. And if you're not careful, it will get in the middle of you and it will start, it starts focusing in your heart about what you should do and how you should believe and how you act. The scripture says you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. All things have become new. The scripture, come on, the scripture is really clear who you are and your identity. You must find your identity in Christ. Come on, in Christ. In Christ. In Christ. You might have longings. You, you might have desires. Everybody does. But I'm going to submit those to God and his word. Hmm. So loving God with your whole life means my career, means my money, means my ambition, means my time means my sexuality. This is how we become great people, part of a great church that affects the city. Come on. Can you believe that, everybody? Yeah. So let's just dig a little bit deeper for the time I got together with you. Let's just talk about that with three things I think that are applicable, that what loving God looks like. And this gets heavy. Let me me just tell you, this gets heavy. This is like if you read the Bible in John 6, Jesus says this, he tells the people that are, the, the crowd was growing. Come on. They had a tent like this, and they kind of went, we're we going mega tent. We're going seat 5,000 tent. And they were all around, and Jesus says, you know, it doesn't say it, but this is what I'm thinking. You know, there's just too many people. We're going to thin them out. Let's give them a thin out message. And Jesus says this, if you do not eat my flesh and drink my blood, you cannot be part of me. And everybody went, that's pretty tough, crazy stuff. We're out of here. You know, he's just saying all in. Just being all in. Give up your life and be all in. The disciples were the only ones hanging out with him. They said, where are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life, right? You have the word. And so, so these three things that Jesus is going to tell us right here, or that we know, one from the Old Testament, two that Jesus says, they're, they're tough to hear. But I don't want you to hang out of your chair and just listen for a couple minutes because I think it's going to help you, help all of us. Here's what the Word of God says about this love. We need to have what the Scripture calls a devoted love, a devoted love. 
Exodus chapter 20, verse 3, 10 commandments, the first 10 commandments, it says this, you shall have no other gods before me. No other gods. Some of you that have been on the mission field, maybe you've gone to a foreign country, India perhaps. When you go to India, if you go to preach the gospel over there, you got to make sure you're real uh, straight with what you mean about someone giving their heart to Jesus. Because what they do is that they'll take Jesus and they'll add Jesus to their litany of hundreds of other gods. And God says, I don't, come on, I don't do that. I don't do that. I, I, I do me and nobody else. No other idol, no other, nothing else that draws your attention. No, no other love devotion, n- nothing else before me. It's got to be me and nothing else. We'd say, we, we, we know in, in our culture and, you know, in different places in Africa, etc. I've got a guy in our church that goes to Africa two or three times a year. And, and the pastors that they're working with in the bush, really out in the middle of nowhere in Kenya, they still believe in polygamy. So they got multiple wives, and they're, they're preaching, man. And so they've had to come, and just like we know some stuff in the book of Acts, they got to come and say, no, man, we don't do that no more. That, that's not what's pleasing to God. And they've got to bring instruction to them about what they now need to do concerning those things. Because what we know here is that, come on, let's just, let's just, we're all adults up here in the room, is that marriages don't last if there's a little side game going on. Uh, it's got to be a devoted love. It's got to be an all-in love. It's got to be a, what, what, what James writes to, in his book. He says, he says man, some, some of y'all up in here, y'all, y'all got adulterous relationships with the world. Y- y'all in church, come on, y- y'all in church, but, but y'all still playing around out there. And he says, it's wrong. God's not pleased. Paul writes, he said, this dude that was with us, he calls him out by name. Come on, somebody. It's in the Bible forever. His name was Demas. It's there forever. The Bible says Demas was with me and Demas left me because he loved the present world. Again, what happened? Somehow, someway, the brother had in his heart, I love God, I love Paul, I'm going to follow Paul, I'm going to preach the gospel, going to city, city. We're going to see God kick devil butt, if I can say that in church. I'm excited about that. But somehow, someway, the culture and the world got in his heart and he left. He left. In another epistle, Paul says, your love's got to be white hot. It's got to be white hot. It's got to be white hot. John says, your love can't be contaminated. It's got to be pure. It's got to be pure. So if, if we're going to be the kind of people that have a great church, if we're going to be great people that have a great church, we're going to have to have a devoted love. A devoted love. It says, I, I love God. I love God more than myself. I love God more than this sexual liaison. I love God more than my job. I am going to be devoted to God. Can you say amen? amen. Secondly, I say it this way. The scripture tells us that we need to have a greater love, a greater love. Let, let me explain it and break it down. Jesus says again, one of these barn burning messages in Luke 14. He says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his mother, his father, his children, his brother or his sister, and yes, if he doesn't even hate his own life, he cannot be my disciple. You read that and you go, shut the book, let's go home. What are we going to do here? What he's saying there is that our love for God, our love for God has got to 
pale in comparison to our love our, for our families. Like we, we all love our families. We all love our families. We, we, we're supposed to love our spouses. We're supposed to love our kids. We, we know that from the scripture. But, but Jesus is bringing this dichotomy saying, the way you love them is amazing, but the way you love me and God, that, that would look like it's, it's hate. It's hate. Because you love me so much. You're, you're, you, everything in you that you realize I've given you breath, I've given you life, I've given you strength, I've given you provision, I've given you joy, I've given you a family. I, I, I'm with you, I'm, 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 I'm there with you in your dark times, I'm there with you on your mountain times. You've got to love me more than your family. You know, as a pastor, um, again, I've seen this, you know, Josh and I have talked about this a time or two that, you know, as a pastor, I've seen this progression over the last, golly, you know, I've been in ministry for 37 years, 37 years. I've seen all of a sudden, you know, it used to be in, in the South, right? Come on, in the South, in the Bible Belt, you know, like, like Sunday, Sunday, you went to church and then you went to go eat and everything else was shut down. Come on, somebody. That's the South. Now everything's changed, right? So now, now we as families, we're fighting because our kids got to go to practice on Sunday. And we fighting because sister, my, my sister, she's, she's wanting to throw the, the parties on Sunday. And so people that are in church have got this, got this pull constantly with family over what do we do? We love our family, but we love God. And what do we do? And I've seen so many people get drug out of church because of family. Let me encourage you. You can love your family, but you can love God more. So let me, let, me, let me just tell you what you do. You say, hey, sis, we coming to the party, but we coming late. And just wag your head a little bit. We coming late because we're going to be up here in church. And you're welcome to church because we love, come on, we love, but we are going to church. Come on, come on, Joshua said, come on, as for me and my house, come on, church, help me. We're going to serve the Lord. Come on, can you say it back in the back? As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Come on, we're going to drag those teenagers kicking and cussing and screaming. Come on, come on. I, we, you coming to church because God changes people's lives up here in the tent. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. So I got to have a greater love. I got to have a greater love for my family. I got to have, have a greater love even for my own self, even for my own comfort. That's what he says. You got to have a greater love than even your own self. So I don't feel like going to church this morning. Who cares? Who cares? It's hot up in that church. I'm going to go to that church, that air-conditioned church. You might die in that air-conditioned church. Come on, go to the tent. You ain't going to hear God in the air-conditioned church. You're going to hear God up here in the tent, in the hot tent. I'm, I'm just playing with you. See if you're awake this morning, everybody. Come on, let me give you this last thing. We're to have not only devoted love, we're not only to have a, a greater love, we're to have an obedient love, an obedient love. Again, Jesus says this. This is Jesus. This is God. This is the one we serve. This is the word of God. Whoever, in John 14, whoever has my commands and keeps them, keeps them, is the one who loves me. Notice that. Whoever has my commands, the word of God, you got them. Okay, cool. You got them? You got them? Cool. Cool. You got that big old Bible there on your coffee table? Cool. Come on. Come on. You got your U version? Cool. 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 You read it every day? Woo. Cool. That's great. That's amazing. Shout out. You get a little like every day you read it. God tells you how many days and weeks in a row. Come on. Come on. But do you do it? 
but do you do it? So where Jesus says, love your enemies. Ooh. Ooh. Forgive your spouse. Mm. Mm. Come on, getting hot up in the tent right now, isn't it, huh? I felt the Lord there for a minute. He says, if you have the commandments and you keep the commandments, Jesus said, that's the person that loves me. And he says, the person that loves me is going to be loved by my father. And guess what we're going to do? Check it out. He ends this way. We are going to come to him and reveal ourselves to him. We are going to manifest ourselves to him. In other words, check it out. When you have the word and you do the word, Jesus says, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. When you don't, you know, um, I'm, I'm trying to work on some new things, some workout regimen, some stuff. And it's, you know, I'm trying to, I'm 62. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to fight off some age. That's all. I'm just trying to live long. I'm going to be like, I'm thinking like Methuselah, you know, 969. Come on, somebody. Not, not quite, not quite. But, but you know, I, I mean, I look and I go, man, stuff's starting to sag where it wasn't sagging. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? My skin's getting a little wrinkly up in here. I'm just trying to fight it. Come on. I'm just trying to fight it without Botox. That's all. That's all. That's all. And so I, I, I'm, I'm working on this, 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 this new workout regimen a little bit. I mean, I cycle about four or five days a week. And so I got the cardio thing down, but I've never really been a weightlifter kind of dude. So I got a little bit of weights at the house. I'm kind of doing that, as you could tell. Uh, <laughs> that was an awkward laugh right there. But I started doing, I started doing burpees. You know what burpee is? Dear Lord. Whoever invented burpees, it had to be the devil. Because you go down, kick your leg, like, eh, you know, yeah, yeah. And then there's all kind of variations. You know, those guys that make those variations for all those exercises. So I've been watching some of that stuff. And I'm trying to do some of that stuff. So I'm doing core, I'm doing all that, because I just want to leave, I just want to be strong. And here's what I found with the exercise part of it was that if you wait for a feeling to do it, it never comes. It don't ever come. It don't ever come. Here's what you do. You make a choice. I am going to exercise. Then guess what? I was doing it this morning. I was sweating up down there about 7 o'clock this morning, 6.30 this morning, down there doing burpees. I said, it's Sunday morning. I'm going to still do it. And I got down there. I just made up my mind I'm going to do it. And when I made up my mind to do it, guess what happened? The feeling came. The feeling came. The feeling came, you can do it. And the feeling came, I did it. Come on, the accomplishment. So listen to me. When you read the word, when you read the word, the Holy Spirit gives you power to do the word. I don't feel it. Who cares? Who cares? Do it. And you're going to get power from the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus and the Father are going to reveal themselves to you. Wow. A devoted love, greater love. Come on, an obedient love. Great people in an amazing, an amazing and a great church. Father, I just pray that prayer in Numbers chapter 6 over this congregation, that prayer that you told Moses and Moses told Aaron, his brother, the high priest. And he said, the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord... Lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' name. 
amen and amen. God bless you. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.